This is the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. Lots still to talk about. We'll get to the baseball situation coming up. We'll talk about the Giants who had their first preseason game last night, although a lot of their key starters, including Daniel Jones, did not play. But more on the Jets as we came on right after a Jets win here on the station. 27 to nothing earlier over the Carolina Panthers. And I was just checking Twitter during the commercial break here. And our own Rich Samini is involved in, I don't want to call it controversy with Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson, but he's being, uh, I guess, kind of made fun of by the Jets two stars. So it's it's kind of funny. I'll, I'll, I'll read you the tweet from Rich. So Rich Samini tweeted earlier today, Michael Carter looks good, nice and slippery, which obviously taken out of context is objectively hilarious. So Garrett Wilson responds to Rich and says, quote, I thought so too, Rich. And then Sauce Gardner responds to Rich and goes, Rich, he looks nice and what? Laughing emojis. You got the two. <laughs> you got the two uh, Jets young stars, the offensive and defensive rookie of the year, having fun at Rich Sumini's tweet that Michael Carter is apparently nice and slippery. Uh, I will say I actually agree with Rich Sumini. I thought Michael Carter looked good today, which is, Another positive, because if the Jets are not going to sign Dalvin Cook, I think it says a lot about how they feel about Carter, how they feel about Zonovan Knight, who reportedly has been the best running back in camp for this football team so far, and probably how they feel about the emergence that we've seen in these first two preseason games from Izzy Abadaconda, their fifth-round pick out of Pittsburgh. And look, Pittsburgh's got a history of great running backs. Tony Dorsett, hey, Jet fans, Curtis Martin, Shady McCoy, maybe we can only hope Izzy is close to any of those three guys I just mentioned. Could you imagine? But I think that's part of the Dalvin Cook conversation here, right? The fact that they haven't signed him because we have seen some strong performances from some of these Jets running backs, and we saw that earlier today. More of your calls right now, 800-919-ESPN is the number. Let's go to Jose in Brooklyn, he's been patiently waiting on hold. Jose, you're first up this hour. You're on 98.7 ESPN. What do you got? Good evening, Mr. Jake Asman, and shout out to the company. And definitely wanted to chime in on the Jets after the preseason game. Thought that they played very well. The defensive line was very impressive. And um, if you've ever heard my calls on, on any of the shows, I'm not the biggest Zach Wilson fan. So, but But to see, you know, some improvement from especially from the first game where I just felt like we were over glorifying one pass. He actually, you know, had a little bit more poise and utilized the tight ends a little more. Hopefully, you know, he still keeps improving. I'm still not there yet, trusting him as the backup, but we'll see, you know, how this works out. He's still got two more games and a lot more practice reps to gain his confidence back, hopefully. Jose, thank you for the call. I agree with you. I think you nailed it with the Zach Wilson pass from last week. I mean, if you just watched Hard Knocks, you would have thought that that Zach Wilson pass to Malik Taylor, who might not be on the Jets three weeks from right now, was the equivalent of Eli Manning to Mario Manningham in the Super Bowl against New England, the second one, which, by the way, is a more impressive throw than the Tyree one, which was just an unbelievable play by Tyree. That whole play is just nuts. The Manningham throw is maybe the best throw I've ever seen any quarterback make in the Super Bowl. Eli to Manningham. Enough said. But Hard Knocks made it feel like Zach Wilson to Malik Taylor was 
that caliber of play. And it was a nice throw by Zach. I'm not trying to rip the kid, but I agree with Jose. We over-glorified that one pass. The, the other throws by Zach last week, they were fine. I mean, I went to Canton last week. I sat in the stands for that Hall of Fame game, and I thought Zach Wilson was okay, and he should have played more than just three series. I, I didn't need to see two quarters of Tim Boyle and a quarter of Chris Strebler, who, God help us, he was horrific, and there's a reason why they cut him. But, you know, to your point, Jose, on Zach, I'm more impressed by what we saw today with his throws than that amazing play, which was a really good throw that he made last week. Why? Because Zach Wilson can make those really cool off-platform, throw-the-bomb-down-the-field type of throws. He's made that in his career. Right? You go back to his rookie year, the throw he made to Corey Davis against the Titans, helped them win that game. Zach Wilson has made big plays down the field before. That's not his issue. Zach Wilson's issue is he cannot complete a screen pass. He cannot complete a check down. He cannot throw a hitch to a tight end. He did that today. You know, Robert Salas says, you know, sometimes you got to be boring when you play quarterback. That's what he's talking about. Zach Wilson not having like the mental yips and being able to complete the, the stuff that an NFL quarterback's got to complete if you want your completion percentage to be above, you know, 49% or whatever it was for Zach last year. He was good today. He was solid. It was a step forward, as Connor Rogers put it last hour when we had him on the show. It was a step forward today for Zach Wilson. Because ultimately, I am one of the many Jet fans that is not sold on Zach Wilson being this team's backup quarterback. Not saying he can't earn the opportunity to do the job. But you you wouldn't feel, if you're a Jet fan, a little better if Zach Wilson had a legitimate competition with A.J. McCarron for the job? Or Teddy Bridgewater for the job? Or Nick Foles for the job? He might beat those guys out. but. Just to hand him QB2, I was a little concerned. And I think the fact that Zach Wilson went out there and he was okay in the first game, a lot better in the second game, the arrow is trending upward for him. And now can he put together another good game against Todd Bowles and the Bucks next week and then the Giants in the last game? You know, let's, let's hope he can because, once again, every Jet fan who's down on Zach Wilson, I get it. But there could come a scenario this year where, God forbid, Aaron Rodgers rolls his ankle and has to miss a game or two or has to leave a game because he got hit in the head, he's going through concussion protocol, and he's got to come out, and you need your backup to come in and make a couple plays to keep the game alive. I mean, we saw this in the playoffs last year where Patrick Mahomes had to leave a game. Chad Henney came in. He led a huge touchdown drive. That was the difference, and that Chiefs went over the Jaguars in the divisional round. So Zach Wilson plays a role on this team. As scary as that is to say, and as much as I love Aaron Rodgers, like I truly love the man, and he has never played a single snap for my team, they might need Zach Wilson at some point this year. And every Jet fan should be rooting for him to have success, no matter what. You know, I don't subscribe to the theory, Zach Wilson is one day going to be the Jets quarterback after Rodgers. I don't buy it. I don't think the timeline matches up for that. Rodgers has already said he's here for at least two years. What, are they going to pick up Zach Wilson's fifth-year option? I have a better chance of dating Margot Robbie than Zach Wilson's fifth-year option for $20 million being picked up after this season. It ain't wow. going to happen. It ain't going to happen, all right? But can Zach Wilson be on this team for two years and maybe play a role if, God forbid, something happened to Rodgers? Yeah, so root for him. And I don't really care who the Jet quarterback is in 2025, all right? I've waited 13 years for this team to have a chance to win a Super Bowl. 
I'm focused about this year and next year. I am not worried about who the quarterback is in 2025. I, it, Don LaGreca could be the Jet quarterback in 2025 if they win a Super Bowl this year or next year. I do not care. That's the reality. 800-919-ESPN is the number. 800-919-3776. A lot of Jet fans still want to weigh in, so we'll take more of your calls on the other side. Got to get into the Yankees. They didn't hit today. Stop me if you've heard that one before. And look, there's... Just they're just running out of games. I don't believe in this team. They're running out of games. We'll talk some baseball as we move along through the show as well. You're listening to the Jake Asman Show on ninety eight point seven ESPN. I was just saying, you know, the Mets today they lose in the first game against the Braves. They're playing a doubleheader right now. They lose twenty one to three, and there was a legitimate debate amongst my fellow Jets and Mets fans out there. I'm a Yankee fan, but I got plenty of people in my life that were for the Mets would the Jets be able to score more points than runs the Braves put on in the first game of the doubleheader and while the Jets scored 27 and while the Braves scored 21 what a disaster <laughs> the Mets have been what a disaster it's it's unreal hey they're only down one nothing right now in the second game you know so that's that's a, that's a, that's significant improvement for the Mets right there, 800-919-ESPN. So let's get back to your calls right now on the Jets. We'll talk some more baseball as we go. Let's go to Mr. Bonesy in NYC. Bonesy, you're first up the segment. What do you got for us tonight? Hey, my guy, what's going on, buddy? Bonesy, thanks for making the call. Hey, I just want to say you and Connor um, were just talking about it with, with Zach. He looked so into the offense, like, I saw him hold off the linebacker and throw a screen. That was dope. And you got to say, he put that dot to Hardman in the back of the head zone, in the back of the end zone. I think that was a drop. I got to see some better hands from Hardman. I think he should have caught that. That was, a, that was a dime to me. You saw that throw, right? Yes. He, look, he, he gave him a chance. And I think if you're Zach Wilson, you know, that's, that's what you want to do. You know, give give the give your playmaker a chance to go up and make a play. Put the ball in a spot where only he can make the play. I, I thought Zach was good today, Bonesy. You know, I, I think last week, you know, the the what I like to call the Zach Wilson truthers were set, were trying to really hype up what I thought was just a fine performance in three drives against Cleveland uh, a week ago. I thought he was better today. He obviously played a lot more, and there were a lot of encouraging signs. So. I think if you're if you're rooting for Zach Wilson, and you should be if you're a Jet fan, today was definitely a, a, a good day for, for Zach Wilson overall. Appreciate Bonesy, as always, for making the call. Let's roll with your calls some more now here on the show, and let's go to Jason, who's in Hoboken, wants in on the Jets. Jason, you're up next. You're on with Jake Asman here on 98.7 ESPN. Jake, thank you so much. Long-time listener, long-time caller. I'm here to tell you that I was at the 21-3 Mets debacle. I left in about the seventh inning. The most interesting thing I have to report on the game is that I went to go to the bathroom and they weren't playing the radio feed over uh, the speakers and I wasn't able to listen to my good friend Keith Rad. Now, Jake, I came here because I was hoping you could help me. I was trying to tell my dad about how sometimes it's okay to get really upset when terrible things happen to your team and I was telling him how it still keeps you up at night a year and a half ago that the Nets traded away James Harden. We hear the news about James Harden, Jake. I just want people to care about the Nets. Nobody cares about the Nets, and they have six fans. And I would love to have at least ten. Jason, thank you for the call. I don't know why you would call in about the Brooklyn Nets on this show tonight. I appreciate you listening, uh, but 
I'm sorry. I don't think anyone really cares about the Nets. I, I hate to break this to you, to the Net fans that are out there. You have every right to be a Net fan, and you can be passionate about your team. But I don't think anyone cares about the Nets, especially now that they no longer have Durant, Irving, and James Harden on it. That was a bizarre call, but we thank you for making it. Let's keep let's keep rolling right now with your calls. Yeah, I mean, Jake Perry, what was going on there? He, he said on the screen he wanted to talk Jets, and he's talking about the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, it really wasn't anything he told me at all. That's why when I was listening, I'm just like almost scared because I had my hand on the dumb button waiting. For <laughs> Sorry yeah. to set you up like that. Hey, look. Yeah, I mean, you did your job. Just sometimes the show goes off the rails. Let's keep rolling with your calls right now. Let's go to Jay in Amityville. Jay, you're up next. What do you got? What's up, Jake? What's up, Jake? How you doing? That last call was funny. Uh, so <laughs> That's li- one way to put it. Yeah, listen, yeah, I- I- unbelievable. So listen, uh, with the fullback role with, with Bolden, you think uh, like Duboa or Coons can step up and, and we not carry a, um, a six receiver and go with four tight ends? I know um, – you know, the offensive coordinator likes to run with the fullback. Do you think Rucker and Yuboa can take that role? I, I certainly hope so. Now, it, it's tricky because everything you hear, Jay, is that Nick Baldwin's been getting a lot of snaps as the fullback on this team. So until we start to hear rumblings of Rucker being used there or, you know, maybe they, they, they use one of the other tight ends you mentioned in that spot, I don't know if they're going to carry four tight ends. I think they might, they might only carry three, which is kind of funny that the Jets today got a tight end or, you know, got a bunch of touchdowns from tight ends and, you know, none of the guys that scored are probably going to be on this team, ultimately. You know, if C.J. Uzama, Tyler Conklin, and Jeremy Ruckert all are healthy, and I know Robert Sala said after the game that you know Jeremy Ruckert's dealing with an AC joint thing, but he didn't think it was that serious. If those three guys are healthy, they're the, the three tight ends on the team. I, I don't know how else they would carry a fourth tight end. I mean, they, they might try and sneak Koontz on the practice squad. You know, they, they might try and sneak Uboa on the practice squad if they can, if the, if those guys don't get claimed. But I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if they could keep four tight ends. And I'll say this, too, about the Jets. It's a good problem to have, Jet fans. The Jets have not had this kind of depth since the last time they were a damn good team in 2010. When Hard Knocks was covering the cuts. You know, do they keep Tony Richardson because the Terminator is trying to take his job? Remember that storyline last time the Jets did Hard Knocks? And they had to figure out a spot for Danny Woodhead, only for Mike Tannenbaum to then release him, which was a horrendous move by Tannenbaum. So they got a competitive roster, man. There's some good players that might not make this team. It's a good problem to have. Let's go to VR in Daytona. VR, you're up next. You're on with Jake Asman here on 98.7 ESPN. What do you got? My my man, Spicy Jake Asman, you're the hardest working man in show business. I just wanted to shout that out real quick. Um, like that last caller, you know, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Long Island uh, Blackbirds, um, their, their uh, <laughs> lacrosse team. <laughs> hey, is that no, actually I'm a kidding, team, I'm the kidding. Long Island Blackbirds? Is that actually a thing, VR? <laughs> I'm just kidding with you, man. I want to talk Jets, <laughs> J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. And um, let, me, let me first start off with uh, Jermaine Johnson and his improvement. He has his hand down in the ground, and he is rushing the passer. He's doing spin moves. Uh, big Will, Big Mac McDonald, you know, he's making a happy meal out of the Carolina quarterbacks today. I mean, it, it's just a, a great thing to see a pass rush uh, again. 
And, um, you know, Michael Carter, man, you know, uh, talk about uh, hashtag Bon Jovi, slippery when wet, you know, <laughs> the meaning gate. <laughs> Michael Carter looked like the 2021 Michael Carter. He did not look like last year's Michael Carter. He looked very fresh. He was he was running. He was he was dipping and diving through the hole. He was catching passes, you know. Um, he really, really looks like a number one, and I'm happy to see that. I really, really like him. I think he's a, you know, a great person for the team. Um, you know, he, he, he has a good sense of humor. He, he's a good locker room presence. So I'm really happy to see that. I know a lot of people were talking about, you know, trading him if we pick up Cook and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I'm really, really happy to see him have a, a great game. And finally – Zach looked like something resembling a decent NFL quarterback uh, today. You know, he, he he started off a little rough. Hardman dropped that that one in the in the end zone. I'm not going to put that on Zach, but he actually looked like he was following the game plan and he didn't, you know, uh, throw anything in the dirt. And he actually looked like a, a pretty good quarterback following the plan. So. You know, props to him as well. You know, I'm just really, really happy about the Jets. I, I, I like what I see, and um, I'm going to leave it at that. You're the best, Jake. Peace and love. VR, appreciate the call. I, I, I agree with a lot of points you made. I am still, by the way, laughing at Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson going after Rich Samini on Twitter because Rich Samini said Michael Carter looks good, nice, and slippery. I, I'm, I still find that line funny. But Michael Carter did look good. He did look like the Michael Carter that Jet fans really enjoyed watching when he was a rookie. Uh, the reason why Jet fans want Dalvin Cook is because Carter was bad last year because Zonovan Knight is unknown. Uh, Izzy Abanaconda is a fifth-round pick, but he's looked good. I, I think today's a good day if you're a Jet fan. I think it's a bad day if you're Dalvin Cook because I think your value was diminished by what we saw today. And you can say, Jake, it's preseason, but, man, we haven't seen Michael Carter look like that in a long time. And Izzy's continued to flash. And when you hear about guys in practice playing well, and then it translates to games, it adds credence to it. And I just know Joe Douglas is not going to overpay for a running back. You know, I think the Jets want Dalvin Cook, but they want him at their price. And that's a big difference. And you know, as far as what VR said about Zach Wilson, I agree. I don't think Zach Wilson's headed to Canton. I don't think Zach Wilson is the next Aaron Rodgers. I think Zach Wilson took a, a big step forward today. I think that's encouraging if you're a Jet fan. You're listening to The Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. A lot to talk about. I want to talk some baseball, speaking of the New York Yankees, because, I mean, is it really worth breaking down a 3-1 Yankee loss today against the Marlins? Is it really worth breaking it down? You know, the Yankees often scores a bunch of runs last night, and we're thinking, ah, oh, you know, are the Yankees going to go on a run? I mean, come on now. They've done this all year. They do not consistently hit. Today, they made a guy who actually in the past had been pretty good, the reigning National League Cy Young Award winner, Sandy Alcantara. I can never say the guy's name. Alcantara. Not great, but you get the point. They made him look like the guy who last year was the Cy Young Award winner. Here's the problem. He has not been good this year. His ERA was in the fours going into the game. Right? And the Yankees today, they score one run which has been the problem all year. They do not score. And forget the guy who pitched today for the Marlins. Go look at the guys who are objectively bad, who have shut down this lineup 
in the last couple of months. I mean, they they had 14 hits last night, and then today they score one run, they can't do anything. I mean, since the beginning of July, the Yankees, who are now only just three games above 500, have scored six runs or more 12 times. In the next game after those 12, they're now 2-10. and 10, And they have scored four runs or fewer 10 times in that span. So I could sit here and I could be upset that the Yankees didn't score any runs today. But I feel like it would be a waste of time to all of you listening right now because it's the same old song and dance with this team. They do not hit. And expecting it to get better, it's not. This is who the Yankees are. They are a team that is poorly constructed with a older roster with a bunch of guys that are either hurt or have gotten old all at the same time. And the biggest issue with the 2023 New York Yankees is not the manager, Aaron Boone, although he is not blameless. The biggest issue is the general manager, Brian Cashman, who got a four-year contract extension after this team got boat raced in four games by the Astros in the ALCS. And if the Yankees' excuses, well, Matt Carpenter wasn't healthy and Andrew Benintendi was out of the lineup and DJ LeMayu's toe prevented him from being a factor, and that's why they lost. That is the laziest bunch of crap you could find. The Astros were better last year. They're, of course, better this year. And the rest of the American League is better than the Yankees as well. They're not good enough. Last year, they were bailed out by Aaron Judge having one of the great seasons in the history of baseball in the modern era. That's what happened last year. That's why they won 99 games. The Yankees are a 500 team over their last 200 games. So when we sit here and we hear from the players afterwards and Aaron Boone saying, we know we have the right guys in the locker room to get it done and put it together. You don't. You haven't had the right guys. It's been proven. So I'm not mad that the Yankees only scored a run today. I expect it. I don't expect them to win this series, even with Garrett Cole going tomorrow. They could not beat the White Sox in a series. And the White Sox, like the Mets, have traded everybody. They stink. They're trying to be bad at this point. So it's like getting mad at the Yankees offense for not scoring. It's a waste of time. This is what they are. They can't score because they stink. They're not good enough. They have not been good enough all year. The roster construction on this team is abysmal for a team with a $290 million payroll. To be as predicated and relying on one player in Aaron Judge is absurd. And Hal Steinbrenner, who was a guest on the Michael K show back in June, did say that if the Yankees were to miss the playoffs and guys were healthy, he would have to be asking a lot of tough questions. Well, guess what? I don't think this team is a playoff team. And I haven't for a couple months now. They did nothing at the deadline. So if this team misses the playoffs and they finished last place in the American League East, last place, how can Hal Steinbrenner justify bringing back Brian Cashman? How? You want to change the manager? That's like putting lipstick on a pig. That's not going to change things. That's rearranging you know, deck chairs on the Titanic. If you fire Aaron Boone and then replace him with somebody else, who's going to be doing the exact same thing from the front office? So I'm not going to sit here and evaluate, oh, well, you know, the Yankees only got one run today against the Marlins. You know, do I think they could bounce back with Garrett Cole on the mound tomorrow? I I mean, does it matter? 
They just lost to the White Sox, and Garrett Cole went out there and tried to get you through eight innings the other night because he knows this team can't score. They're wasting the prime of Garrett Cole and Aaron Judge. And as a Yankee fan, it sickens me that the Yankees were about as set up as any team we've seen in a long time following 2017, following that unexpected rise to go to Game 7 of the ALCS with Joe Girardi as the manager. And since then, they haven't been back. They they got to Game 6 in 2019, and what have they done since? Oh, COVID year? Lose to the Rays? The Rays are knocking out the Yankees in the playoffs. 2021, lose to the Red Sox? Last year, get swept by Houston again? Lose to them in the playoffs? Yeah, it's only been 2015, 2017, 2019, 2022. And this year, Houston can't even eliminate you because you're not going to make the playoffs. So the Yankee fan, it disgusts me that the conversation is, well, the, the guy's got to play to the back of their baseball cards. They can't. They're old, hurt. They're just not good enough. They haven't been good enough. This team entered the season without a left fielder. They did not have a left fielder. Brian Cashman thought Aaron Hicks could play left field for this team. They entered the year expecting Josh Donaldson, who sucked last year, to all of a sudden be better at 37 years old this year. And Hal Steinbrenner wanted to know why Yankee fans were upset, because we've seen this. At least in the past, they'd make the playoffs and fool us and say, well, a team can get hot and go on a run. Not this team. They're not even going to make the playoffs. And if they do, I have very little faith in them. And I don't see any way they do. I don't see the path. Yankee fans, tell me I'm wrong. Please tell me how this team is going to make the playoffs this year. They're barely above 500. It's infuriating as a Yankee fan to basically see the flaws in this team over the last couple of years. They don't do anything to address said flaws. And then nothing changes. The manager, the general manager, the performance staff, the athletic trainers, nothing changes. They tried to fire the hitting coach as if that was the problem. Sean Casey's going to come in, and the Yankees are now going to be the 98 Yankees, baby. Or or, Forget the 98 Yankees. How about the 09 Yankees? You know, the last time they went to the World Series? Yet the general manager, who Brian Cashman in his career is overall a very good GM. He has been the general manager of the Yankees for 26 years. I've heard Peter Rosenberg say this on the K-Show. He's spot on. If his last name was Steinbrenner, at least we'd understand why he still is employed. It is unbelievable to me that earlier this week, you had the report that came out for Bob Klapish that the general manager, Brian Cashman, is not going anywhere. That Boone would be the fall guy if they finish in last place. Are you kidding me? And Aaron Boone is not perfect. He's not. But this team is so deeply flawed, and everyone could see it besides maybe the owner and the general manager. I mean, that is, the at the end of the day, the problem with this team. And yes, they have dealt with injuries, but injuries are not the reason ultimately why this team is the team they are. Even if they got into the playoffs with the lineup we have seen, they're not good enough to win. It's the same team from last year, only they got worse because they didn't have a left fielder to start the year, and they depended on another year of age for Josh Donaldson and DJ LeMahieu and John Carlos Stanton, who can't run. But Hal wanted to know why Yankee fans were upset. Well, I think now he's probably realized on August 12th. 
I mean, it's not even worth talking about the game today because nobody is surprised they scored one run. 800-919-ESPN is the number. 800-919-3776. Yankee fans, sound off. Will anything change? Are, are we just a broken record complaining about the same things over and over again with this team? Because it's maddening if you are a fan of the Yankees that you know what the problem is, yet seemingly the people in charge of the team don't do anything to address the problem. You're listening to The Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. Big thanks to producer Jake Perry back in our studios for making the show happen tonight. More of your calls coming up. I just ranted about the Yankees and that debacle today. And here's all you need to know about the state of the New York Yankees, by the way. The Yankees, the New York Yankees had to use an opener today for the third game in a row because that's how depleted they are on the rotation. And I understand that blaming injuries is certainly part of the reason why the Yankees are just three games over 500. But man, they bring in guys who have a history of injuries and expect a different result. Frankie Montas, Carlos Rondon, these guys have had injuries in their past. They give them deals. It doesn't work out. And how many times have we seen the Yankees do that? It's just, it's maddening, man. It is the same thing over and over again. And earlier in the week, and I alluded to this last segment, you had the story that came out from Bob Clappish and the NJ record that if the Yankees were to finish last, if they were to miss the playoffs, it would likely be Aaron Boone who got canned and not Brian Cashman. And it's maddening to me that Boom would be the fall guy here and not Cashman. Both guys, if one's getting fired, both guys should go. And if I'm being fair, I put way more on the general manager who's assembled the roster than I do the manager. I mean, Aaron Boone, say whatever you want about the guy. His first five years he's been a manager, this team's been in the playoffs. I don't think Aaron Boone just got worse this year as a manager. I think the roster got worse around him. He's not perfect, believe me. I have my issues with Boone. I think there needs to be more of a feel for the game, less reliant on just the numbers. I thought the way he managed the postseason against Houston last year was a disaster. But man, the, the reason why the Yankees are likely missing the playoffs this year, because I just don't see a path for them to make it. They're not good enough, is roster construction. And then when you hear this from Bob Clapfish earlier in the week, who joined the case show, when you hear this about why Aaron Boone would be gone if things don't improve. Like this, this should make your blood boil if you're a Yankee fan. Take a listen. That's the way I was told, and I, I I believe it. I think that Boone will be gone if the Yankees finish last or next to last. I don't even think not not making it to the playoffs would be a damning indictment against them. I think if the Yankees played well and they finished a the game out, you know, came down to the last game of the season, if they were competitive all the way through, I think even that would be forgiven by Hal Steinberg. But finishing last, uh, absolutely not. And I think there'd be there'd be a price to pay also on Cashman's part. It won't be with his job. I mean, he's he's got a contract through 2026. He's not getting fired. That was made very clear to me. However, if the Yankees finished last, I think Hal Steiner would go to Cashman and say, look, the way you're operating isn't working anymore. Whatever you do, it's time to change. Your analytics, your love of analytics is not returning anything on investment. We're finishing last and something is wrong here. It's up to you to find a new method to find to win games and evaluate talent. I could see that happening. I mean, the, the last part there, I, I mean, are you kidding me? Why should Brian Cashman get another opportunity to change his ways? 
He's been the GM since 1998. His ways don't work anymore. It's time for someone else to have an opportunity to be general manager of the New York Yankees. This team has not been to a World Series since 2009. And what drives me crazy is that there's people inside the Yankee organization, according to Michael Kay, who say, well, you know, Houston cheated in 2017. Otherwise, we would have been in the World Series. Enough. Enough. Did the Astros then cheat in 2019 or 2021 or 2022 when they went back to the World Series? Why can the Houston Astros design a team that could get to four World Series in six years, six straight ALCS appearances, and the Yankees can't sniff a World Series appearance since 2009? Not one. Why is that? Oh, but Jake, the playoffs are a crapshoot. Then build a team better for the playoffs. Oh, the analytics, they only work in the regular season. They don't work in the playoffs. They don't even work in the regular season anymore for this team. They stink. It's maddening. This team is not good enough. And the Yankee delusion, as I like to call it, is incredibly frustrating. They think they are a lot better than they actually are. That's a problem. You know, remember Aaron Boone had the line a couple of years ago after the Yankees were eliminated by the Red Sox? You know, the, the looks like the rest of the league is caught up with us. Caught up with you? What have you done? Are the uh, are the Yankees the Houston Astros? No. Are they the Rays? I mean, now the Orioles have lapped them. They're not good enough. So when you hear that last part of the audio there from Bob Clapish on the case show earlier in the week, that Hal would say the Cashman, hey, what you're doing is not working. You got to find a different way to do it. Why not find a different GM, Hal? I mean, Brian Cashman seems like a nice guy. All right. He's had a great career. If he wants to be a GM for another team, I agree with Michael K. He would get another job probably quickly. But it's time for a new voice. Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result is asinine. And that's been the Yankees. What is changing between now and the end of the season? What's changing? They do not have the personnel to get it done. And now the injuries, there's just too many of them. But before that, let's not act like the Yankees were this great team. They've been now over a 200-game sample size, what the record says they are, a slightly above 500 team. They had a historic first half last year and then fell apart, were bailed out by Aaron Judge, got bailed out by Garrett Cole in the Guardian Series in the divisional round, and then got swept. I don't want to hear they were one of the last four teams remaining last year. Anyone who's watched this team knew they were not good enough. They were not as good as Houston. It wasn't even close. And this year, what do the Astros do? They reload. Here they are again. What do the Rays do? They reload. Here they are. All these teams in the American League in front of the Yankees. It's the same thing, and nothing changes. When does something change? Firing Aaron Boone will not drastically change the tenor of this team. It just won't. I might make some Yankee fans happy. Oh, Boone's the worst. He's gone. Okay, the next guy that comes in, Yankee fans will detest the first game they lose in April next year. If Brian Cashman is still calling the shots and running the baseball operation department, I have very little faith in this being rectified. I don't know how you could if you're a fan of the Yankees right now. This is the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs>